This is Season 8, Episode 1 of Beyond the Illusion. 2024 Astrological Update with Shannon and Russ. Welcome back for our eighth season of Beyond the Illusion. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate every single one of you. And of course, we start this season off with our usual astrological update with Shannon and Russ. They're always on point as usual. It looks like 2024 is going to be an insane year. So I suggest you listen to this episode, maybe even re-listen to it. That's what I usually do because there's so much information in here, you're just going to forget some of it and you'll have to come back to it. In this episode, you're going to notice my voice sounds a little off. It's because I was coming down with something during the recording of this episode and it turned out to be pretty significant illness for me. I was suffering for the past two weeks. Thank goodness I feel better now. Yeah, I apologize for my voice in the episode. You'll notice I don't sound my normal self. Other than that, the episode's great. I hope you enjoy it, and thanks again for listening. So excited to have you guys back. People always ask when I run into people that listen to our podcast, like, oh, when are Russ and Shannon coming back on? (laughs) And now it's a new year, and everybody's excited about potential and possibility of what will 2024 bring. So I'm excited just to hear from you guys, maybe some of the major themes of what we can expect this year. Yeah, well, thank you. We're always excited to be beyond the illusion with the two of you. And it's always an honor. Yes, very much an honor to be here all the time. And uh, yeah, we've got a big year uh, ahead. And uh, there's not a, a lot of individual action, just some major action. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Okay, well, shall I just dive right in? Are you ready for the drum roll? Any Uh, questions before we officially get started? (laughs) How would you like to get started? I will later. I mean, I know there are always eclipses every six months, and I know that there's a big one or ones coming up soon. And we did have one of our listeners ask certain questions. And so later when we get to the eclipse part, we want to play a recording of her question and let you guys respond to that. But yeah, not any preliminary questions. Okay. Okay. Well, we're happy to just jump right in. I think it's always good when we're talking about evolution to look back before we look forward to really pay attention to the context and not like really far back, but even just back this past year, are in a continuation in a lot of ways of some of the processes that we started with the outer planets moving into new signs. So the big one that everybody I think is anticipating has probably heard something about is the ingress of Pluto into Aquarius. So that is massive in the sense that it's our furthest planet, takes 248 years to go around the Zodiac. So when it enters a sign, it's almost been 250 years since it's been in that same position. And so understanding the archetype of Pluto and what it means to be moving into the new sign, I think is probably the overarching. And of course, we all know we've arrived here in the age of Aquarius. Pluto is the last planet to enter Aquarius, the last of the outer planet. So it does feel like the final arrival. Like people always want to say, well, are we there yet? Or when did it actually start? 
And that's the beautiful thing about understanding archetypes is that you just really feel into the energy. And we know that Aquarius is about, it's about the revolution. It's about the the new age. It's about coming into more organismic consciousness. So we look back to the sixties and we could see we were definitely dipping our toes in, but it feels now like this is it. And so this arrival of Pluto into Aquarius, I feel like is going to be the birth canal that we've been anticipating. We've been sort of flirting with. It has felt like we've been having maybe false labor. And it just, I think a lot of us that are star seeds and that have been sort of light workers on the planet, arrived on the planet for this moment, have been really anticipating this for a long time. And it has kind of felt like in anticipation of birth, right? You know, it's coming. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be really profound. You don't know how painful it's going to be, but you know, it's happening. And it really feels like this Pluto is going to be sort of like the final arrival in a lot of ways. For those that maybe don't really know a lot about astrology, Pluto is the planet that rules regeneration. It rules transformation. It rules death and rebirth. It has to do with alchemy from one form to another. And then we know that moving into Aquarius, we're talking about humanity. We're talking about the major birth canal and and change for the collective. So just uh, thinking of this in terms of a birth, I I like this analogy being used, but we're not birthing a new human type of consciousness. We're birthing something different, something else, something that's a major part of this shift. And it can incorporate higher thinking, different values. And I want to think of it more like trying to birth an alien baby rather than a human form. This is what Aquarius is about. Something different, something eclectic. Oh, no, I was just thinking of the movie Alien. I'm like, ah, is it going to like come I, out of my uh, chest? The alien. <laughs> oh, not the last one where he comes out and says mama. This is echoed in sci-fi where they went a little too far and they put the humanness into the alien. But what we've gotten is something similar to that. It ain't going to be pretty. The first iteration of what we're seeing, it's going to have to evolve as well. So this birth process is just beginning and it has a long way to go. Yeah, it's really just bringing online the Aquarian energies, the new paradigm. And so Aquarius is everything radical. It's everything that's really far out like aliens. And it has to do with AI and technology and things that we haven't really seen much of yet. All the sci-fi movies have been preparing us for this time. And it's actually really here. And so Pluto entered Aquarius for the first time in 2023, it dipped its toes in. We had a little taste. It was sort of like a preview. So you can look back to what was going on in your life between March and June. So it was only there for just a blip. It was three months. And for me, I know that everything really sped up. I started my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. Like things that you've been wanting to do, everything started moving really fast. And then in June, I think it was June 11th, it retrograded back to the anoretic degree of Capricorn, which is known as the death degree. And so it's like, I don't know if anybody else has felt this way, but since like the summer, everything has been moving so slow and has felt like we're walking through mud and it's old terrain. It's the old patterns. It's the old wounds. It's the old dependencies. And it's like having to just work overtime to really try to bring things into form. So this is really exciting because January 20th, Pluto enters Aquarius again with the sun. So they're coming in together side by side into zero degrees Aquarius on on January 20th. And we can really expect for things to speed up again. And so the fact that it's coming in with the sun is just going to give it more amplitude. It's going to bring more energy behind it. 
So for people that are maybe working on launching things, if a lot of people are still feeling coming out of the holiday haze, in that period of time would be a really good time to align with, to launch into whatever projects or whatever you might have in the cooker. That That's really resonates probably- with me. As far as the timeline and the energies that you're talking about, I was like, yes, that's exactly how it felt last year during that time period and everything felt really sped up. And then, yeah, when it moved out, everything got really slow and and seemed like you're making any progress. So that really resonates with me. Russ looks like he wants to say something. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to say something about that. So this year in this particular transit, what we're talking about, but this year in general, it's a lot about the shifting of elements where we see the shifting from the earth density signs into the air signs. You see shifting here, particularly this is the big one. Every time you see a shift from density, everything that's been getting compacted and magnified, as soon as it hits the next element, well, now it's out of that density and it will increase even more. The, the power that's built up like a force, like the pressure, boom, is suddenly let loose into the air signs. And that creates a, a, ma- a massive amount of shift and more storm-like conditions. But this is where you have to be thinking in terms of being prepared, being seaworthy for a storm, because it's going to be difficult in moving ahead. So Yeah, it brings the enlightened vision into form. It brings innovation and progress and Capricorn, where it's been for the last 20 years, is where, first of all, to remember that Pluto reveals the shadow, it's been revealing the shadow of the hierarchical paradigm. And so now as it's moving into Aquarius, we're going to start moving into building this new world together. Well, you said 20 years, but not quite 20 years. Usually Pluto takes about 20 years, but the last time it did this, and we've said this before on the show, that in 2007 and eight, this was when the major changes in our stock market happen. You see a global change in the housing collapse and, the, and you, you saw that happening the last time we had a change in, in the Pluto science and that was then. Now we have that happening again and we're, we're primed and ripe and ready for economic shift as well. So that's an underlying destabilizing force that's driving so much what we see happening that the grand Ponzi scheme of the world is beginning to crumble so that something else can come out of it. You know. Yeah, and just to clarify, it has an irregular orb. So it was yeah. uh, 2008 that it entered, but it's going to be in a Aquarius for 20 years. So that's probably what I was thinking. Yeah. And so, yeah, what we can expect is sort of this continual disintegration of the old and a speeding up of the evolution of the new earth. And that's really where I see sort of this overarching theme around timelines separating and around sort of like simultaneous universes happening. I remember for so long, it was sort of more conceptual when we talked about some of these things around timelines and the rainbow bridge. And it's funny because it feels like now we're here and it's just so deeply experiential in the sense of how we're going to see more and more people that are not really aware of what's going on, or maybe they're in cognitive dissonance, or maybe they're losing contact with their soul. A lot of that is really what I'm seeing happening in the third dimension. And then a lot of the people that are more in our communities or whatever are really accelerating their own awakening, accelerating their own ascension process and tapping into infinite creativity and abundance and all the energies that we're going to need to implement this whole new network on the planet. So that's, and astrologically speaking, Aquarius is is dual ruled. The modern ruler is Uranus, which is all about the future. And Russell keeps talking about the lightning bolt. And Saturn is the more of the traditional ruler, which is all about sort of the herd mentality. And so this is where this separation is really happening. These two parallel realities, which are going to seem getting more and more dramatic. And I think it's going to become even more and more difficult to relate 
between the timelines where it just feels like they're just not going to mix. It's been a real blending right now. It feels like we can be in a store and intermingling with other people and people having completely different experiences, completely different experiences of reality, right? And now I think it's going to get even more challenging and interesting, kind of like oil and water mixing. It's just not really going to be that comparable anymore. It's like a natural separation process. It starts out gentle at first, and then whether it's two cells dividing, they have to form crust and separate and divide. And our society is doing that. Individuals are doing that. And some of those will slough off and they will die and be utilized for other purposes. That's what's happening in this birth process as we're still developing. Yeah. So think of it in that level that it's okay to have some of this happen and not people are losing hope. They're losing faith. They're losing uh, connection to spirit. And my heart wants to go out to those kind of people that are going that process. But I'm like also remembering the higher process that this is a natural purification of a higher level of soul that we're seeing here. These are bigger grand schemes. I'm thinking specifically about what we've been seeing playing out in Israel and Palestine lately. You've seen uh, my, my heart goes out of that, but we've been predicting this for years understanding the natural laws, you saw this is going to be the outcome of this level of intensity and violence and and the way that the admixtures, the chemicals have been mixed. It's, It's perfect to create just this level of destruction so that it implodes upon itself the way it is, like dominoes. The world is going to fall like dominoes. And then what's going to come out of that and be reborn through this process is going to be amazing. And it already is. And that's what I hope people get out of it. It's not just the fact that there's destruction in this. There's hope in this rebirth. What comes out is going to be splendorous. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> right. Because we don't want to go back to the way it was. Yeah. This is happening for a reason. This is the natural alchemical process of going through a birth canal between the ages. There's a complete ending of an era that happens every 2000 years. So this is what we have to trust. But I feel like one of the big themes when I was sort of meditating on if we had to come up with a a certain theme last year, my theme was existential initiation, that we were all being initiated into the unknown. And it was basically a personal initiation. There was not, not some master that's like lived the Aquarian age before that was guiding us. No, it was basically about what is your relationship to the unknown and how do you operate in that place where there's nothing to hold on to. And so for this year, I feel like it's going to be more about activation. So there's a couple of reasons why I feel that way. All the Mercury retrogrades are going to be in fire, except for the last one. We are in the year of the wood dragon, which I think is super cool. You think of a dragon as super fiery. We have the eclipses in Aries, the warrior Libra as well. And so there's something about action. There's something about, okay, we've been preparing for this like last uh, moment of traversing through the birth canal and birth is active. And so we're going to have to, we want to say calling all spiritual warriors. Do you want to hear my theme for the year? Yes. It's punch it, punch it. No, I mean, um, it's the gas pedal, not like your neighbor. No, no, I, punch it. I mean, I mean, punch it like the gas pedal. I mean, punch it like Captain Picard, warp speed. I mean, like punch it. We need to man up. We need to get back in the ring and learn how to be uh, physical warriors for the spirit. I mean, punch it like we need to punch a time clock and get things done and make sure we're doing things methodical. That's what I mean. I mean, all levels of that. So my theme for the year is punch it. Well said and acted out. (laughs) Well, going back to Pluto moving into Aquarius and knowing that things are going to be speeding up, do you have any recommendations for people to prepare? Is there anything we can do to prepare besides maybe just ground a lot? I don't know. I feel like 
most of the people listening to your podcast have been preparing. Yeah, <laughs> on true. Right. I mean, this is like one dark night of the soul after the other with my community. And I think at this point we have laid the groundwork and if anything, we're going to be the guides for other people. I do think that it is necessary to get a little bit more savvy with technology. I think that we're going to have to be honest that this is the way of the future. I think looking into how AI possibly can support the mission and with Pluto, it's going to reveal the shadow. So we know we're already seeing like some of the dangers of AI and some of the dangers of transhumanism and of microchips. There's all these potentials, right? But this is what we have to remember that the true awakening and the true sort of freedom, which I think is a lot about this activation energy I'm talking about, is that we take the steering wheel and we are the ones that guide consciousness into AI. We are the ones that we wake up out of that illusion of separation of powerlessness from the Pisces age. And we don't just sit back like bystanders and watch whatever part of the one mind play out their particular storyline. We say, no, that's actually not the timeline we're taking the collective at this time, because we know that we've done this before in previous incarnations of our earth and it hasn't ended well. And so I feel like we really need to understand that it's going to take all of us punching it, I guess, as Russell said. <laughs> Why not? Well, that's what it takes, you know. And before we move on to further transits and bringing this back into, because I get accused of taking things out into the ultra dimensional and higher spaces a lot. And that's good. And I think we need to think of it as these spiritual concepts from kind of a top down. But before we move on, I wanted to talk about some of the history of Pluto and Aquarius. And I don't know if we got to run through that in the last show or not. Do you mind if we take a look at some of that? Let's do that. Um, yeah. Okay. So literally we're in the larger cycle of the Pisces age, looking back over these last 2000 years. So we're just going to take a quick look at where this began around 60 AD to 80 AD. This is when we saw the first influx of Britons into Rome and the sacking of Rome. The fire of Rome happened in 64 AD. This was a major event for that period. And then directly following that, you saw the temple in Jerusalem fell. So for an entire religion, that changed the face of how they operated, that they no longer had the central temple. And this is affecting what we see happening on the world stage today. The last time the temple was on the Temple Mound was during a Pluto and Aquarius period. So think about this. There's always a theme and a cycle to life. And we're seeing that return being played out on a grand stage. But if we move forward a, a full another 250 year cycle, what we had happening then was the Council of Nicaea during the in Emperor Constantine's reign. So this changed the face of religion at that time as well. Another 250 year cycle. Massive shift when pagan Rome became Christian at that point. So if you fast forward another two or another two cycles. If we go into around 800, this is when Charlemagne codified all Germanic laws. So there was a huge shift in religion and legal authority that happened at that point. Fast forward again, the same thing happens in 1530s. You saw the Mongolian expansion was occurring during that time. But what you also saw was this was when the church dissolved. Henry VIII dissolved the church and seized all the assets from Rome. And that basically created the Protestant movement at that point. So that, again, think of it in politics and religion merging during this time. And then there's something vast happening. Also, we saw the spread of the vax, the uh, virus-laden blankets to all the Native Americans during this time. During the 1520s is when that actually took place. So just putting that in perspective as a virus playing a part of whether you call it a, a, a divisive force or a, a spiritual 
process that, that has to make things change. This the virus was actually part of this in the 1500s. And then, of course, we've gone to and spoken in length about what happened in the last cycle, 250 years ago. That is when the American and the French revolutions occurred. So we don't need to go down that again. But just showing that there is something major that happens each time. So don't think we're going to go through this unscathed. We've got 20 years of unprecedented levels of change, both inwardly and outwardly. So I guess the question is, are you ready for the revolution? Are you ready? Yeah. Revolution's <laughs> happening on the inside and the outside. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you guys came on last and it was right when the nodes or maybe it was right before the nodes were shifting and you had mentioned that like, oh, with Aries North Node, that's typically when there's wars and so your timing is always so accurate. And so I don't think that anyone is thinking nothing's going to happen. I mean, anyone that listens to our podcast, I should say, yeah. I think that we're waiting in anticipation of what's about to unfold. Yeah. And I guess that's the messages that I've been getting over and over is that there is this sort of the way that we have been programmed that we are, like I said, bystanders, like we kind of sit by and we wait and we watch the news. Not a lot of us watch the news, but we get word <laughs> what's going on out there as we're just like witnesses. And this is where I'm really getting the message over and over that so long as we're willing to stand by that way and be sort of just compliant, complacent, let whatever faction sort of dictate, we may just continue to get the same thing, right? And so not that everyone's role is to be on the ground fighting. And certainly I don't mean that literally, although I know that that is this role for some people. There's something about the shadow of Libra, which is the South Node. So we always know that the North Node is where we need to lean in as a collective. The South Node is where we get in trouble. We get stuck. And so the South Node right now in Libra is saying that the shadow and what's really going to get us into trouble is that com complacency is that sort of wanting just everything to stay comfortable. Libra just wants everything to be nice and beautiful. And I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want to get uncomfortable. And I don't want to let go of this or that because this is what I like and this is what I want. And in some ways I see that as like collective suicide right now. Like if we're not rolling up our sleeves and in some way contributing to the pioneering of this new world, then we're not doing our part. And that's why I feel like that the themes this year need to be about action. It needs to be about how do we contribute? What is our contribution to the organism? And that's also when we think about Aquarius, Aquarius being the organism, the polarity point is Leo. And so if we understand that we're sort of like needing to balance out this Aquarian energy, because there's a lot of shadow that we're beginning the journey with, it's about activating the light within, which is Leo. Leo is our own particular individual spark it's ruled by the sun. So it says, what is my creative offering to the whole? And so if everybody is lit up in their light and their spark, and they're giving their gifts and they're in their creative offering, then that's what creates the organism to work. And that's really, I think our highest path right now is for everybody to be giving their creative offering from their heart. Leo rules the heart. So that's just a little side note that feels like it's really important. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that. Because I actually had been thinking that, especially a lot today for some reason, is that we do get too comfortable and nothing will change if we don't do like Russ as in like punch in, right? Like we have to, we have to do that. 
it's part of our duty and like you said like if we're really ready for the revolution then you have to do something like there's no revolution if you don't do anything right if you're sitting at home and in your comfortable little environment that you've created for yourself and that everybody has done right then nothing changes and it's funny we because we do it on a small level for ourselves like we have these little environments that we make for ourselves our whole lives are created around making sure that we're comfortable and then on a bigger level, we go out into these office buildings and they're air conditioned and no homeless people can walk in and disturb you or no loud noises. So we create these environments that are like on every level, we just go outward and outward and we make sure, okay, everything's going to be safe. Everything's going to be okay. But life doesn't have to be that way. Like we are safe. We don't have to create a, a false sense of safety. We just have to trust, right? So... I feel like that's probably a big theme for these next times, especially if they're challenging. So I don't want to let us get too far along in this recording without letting our listener have the question played for you guys. And then maybe you can talk about it because I know it's going to be a big deal here, especially around here, because there's a full solar eclipse that's going to cross like right over where we are right now. And I think her yes. And her question has to do with that. So if you guys are ready, I'm going to play the question. Go ahead. Here's some things I'm contemplating about the eclipse coming over Texas. What I was thinking is there's something important here in Texas about freedom and what it means to be really free, truly free. Not the word freedom as it is co-opted by people, but true freedom. So we have really big, powerful forces at play in this state of, on one hand, controlling certain people and the other people having a lot of freedom, external freedom. And that's all really through the lens of patriarchy, right? So we have like the governor controlling who comes in, who's out, what women can do with their bodies. And yet there's this freedom movement, quote unquote, around medical freedom, right? The world of treating autism, treating vaccine injuries, chronic disease, etc. And then everything that came up during the pandemic, many of those most outspoken voices have moved to Austin, right? People like Del Bigtree and Joe Rogan, these are people that if you're in that kind of realm of knowledge, you know that they've moved here. And in fact, they're about to have a really big summit in San Antonio on February 2nd about autism. So it's autism as related to vaccinations. It is asking for freedom of what we put in our body, right? And yet, does that also apply to women and what we do with our body? So I'm really curious about that because two big eclipses passing over here with these huge forces at play around questions about autonomy of the body, of our bodies, and the balance and really honestly i'm curious about the balance between masculine and feminine because how we're still letting men tell us what we can do with our bodies and yet there's a lot of women standing up for their children about vaccinations and autism yeah there's a really big nugget in there and the fact that we're a huge state and that more people have moved here than any other state in the past three years that our population just boomed out of control and so for me, there's an amplification around 
these questions of freedom and personal freedom and autonomy of the body and the balance of masculine and feminine, which is part two of that question or observation about amplification in Texas and this area is freedom for everyone, no exceptions, medical freedom, freedom for women, freedom for the earth, and freedom for refugees. So that also means we are the state that has arguably the most highly elevated known border situation on the planet, akin to what's happening in Gaza. So amplification of otherness is part of what's happening in Texas, right? It's really making us question what does freedom mean and for whom? So the earth as well, the earth and her resources, water, land. Oh, Texas being the most 98% privately owned. So the least amount of land for the public for the second largest state in the union. That's huge too. The captive land, captive people in all ways. Wow. Yes. Great question. Great exploration. Absolutely. In a world of no coincidence, we have this eclipse right on top of us coming in April. And it is in the axis of Aries Libra, which is the axis of war and peace, which we're aware is also known as the axis of relationships. And so all of the questions that your listener asked are are very, very wise and very pertinent. And I would just say that I think it's fascinating to us as well, being native Austinites, native Texans, to have this influx of freedom-loving people move to our home state, our hometown, and really fighting for freedom. I I learned something really interesting at a festival I went to this past weekend that this region is really rich in flint, which is a, a stone that's underneath the crust of the earth. That is actually why they say that this area is thin meaning the veil is very thin here. And there's a lot of consciousness in this area and in, in the Southern Hill Country. I think that has something to do with people coming here and the, the consciousness rising on the planet. I, I do hear the paradox, though, that she's concerned about, that why is that there's a fight against the imposition of vaccines, but yet still through our government, we're fighting for our freedom as women. And I just think that we have a ways to go. I just think that this is part of the structure in the system that, say, the Dell Big Tree crowd is fighting against or standing up to, I should say. And I do think that this is the tipping point. So that's why we love astrology, because we've got the South Node in Libra, which is the scales. And that is really the intent for us as we're actually hosting. We're, we're harnessing the energy of this eclipse that's coming in April to counterbalance the destruction on the planet, which is the war, the the Aries. And another thing that's really interesting about her question in relation to the astrology. So we talked about Pluto's moving into Aquarius, of course, January 20th. Well, Mars enters Aquarius on February 12th. So just a couple of weeks after, and Mars is the warrior. Mars is the one that fights for freedom. Mars in shadow is also the war. And it's going to conjunct Pluto. This is a very, very high volatile alignment. And when coming together, it can be a total game changer. So there can be a definitely a, a change of direction of where we're going. And then it's going to come into contact with Venus on February 16th, which has to do with basically all these aspects of masculine and feminine issues. The last time that Mars, Venus, and Pluto got together was when the Ukraine and Russia war actually broke out. 
And this past eclipse cycle that we just had, we know what happened with Israel. So we know that there's going to be some big changes coming. Did you want to say something, sweetie? Well, yeah, I was wanted to address her question. The main theme throughout her question, which was very well thought out in all these aspects. And I like what you said about the earth doing its work. And that's one of the things I was going to add. It, 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 there is a thinningness here. We know that the aquifer is here. We're actually in where two fault where two uh, lines meet. We have uh, two aquifers in our place where we're in Wembley. So there's a consciousness that's being drawn to this part of central Texas and Hill Country because the magnetics, the consciousness of the earth is bringing people like Dell Bigtree and Joe Rogan and all those guys here. And I've been listening to these guys for years. And now we, we know some of these people and their communities that they've brought in. They've literally like a magnet's pulled them here and everyone's seeking freedom. Freedom is a part of the theme that's growing here. And of course, I think there's also a theme that's coming out of this that we're going to have to fight for it. And one of the things that comes with Freedom is that you've got to take ownership of it. You've got to take responsibility of it. And that's not what everyone's willing to do yet. So getting people to come together and form something different to help create this new parallel reality that's going to be a base for freedom, all the elements are here. Now we've got to start putting it together. That's kind of the underscore of her, a lot of our question. And how do we get the freedom that we want? Also redirect our resources, our funds, our time towards making that happen, building the network that's going to support us through here as the rest falls away and build the next level of the divine masculine and feminine in balance, where, where it's out of balance now. We, we don't think about names and who's doing what and parties and all of that. That's part of the illusion. Get beyond the illusion. Told you I'd say it. But so anyway, you know, <laughs> you make sure that we're getting all of that stuff that's in the matrix out of our field, out of our vision and drop that part of our narratives. And so we can see the truth that there's a divine force underlying it all. And we want to get in flow with that. And part of that flow and that buildup is happening here in Texas and it's happening where we are. So I think we're all being brought to where we are for certain reasons, but there's a certain purity of people who are really seeking that nugget of truth and freedom, like the people that you mentioned, that are all coming here. So think about it. We've also got Elon Musk, whether you like him or not, he's an eccentric Aquarian natured character doing that kind of stuff here. Something's drawing that level. And this is the boundary between these two forces. Think of it this way. So I uh, remember one of our ex-governors used to say that Austin is the little blue dot in the uh, big red state. Well, all the fringes of that red dot are purple. We have a friend of ours, part of the, the Texas Nexus community. Her group is called Purple. And that's because you mix these two colors and that's what you got to get. That's what you get. And we are in the fringes and the purple is the actual higher dimensional color, which you're all trying to achieve. So think of it meta terms. Another thing I want to add is that during this eclipse, the eclipse, the sun, the moon are exactly conjunct Chiron. Chiron is the wounded healer. And Chiron is in Aries, of course, since the eclipse is in Aries. And it's the wound to the I amness. It's a wound to the masculine. It's going to be revealing the toxic masculine. And at the same time of the eclipse, the United States is in our Chiron return. So remember, nations also have charts. Remember Pluto in the United States, we just went through our Pluto return um, this past year. Now we're in our Chiron return and it's falling there in the United States chart. It's in the fourth house, which in the Sibley chart is known as the house of the people. And she spoke about the eclipse in Texas, but it actually runs all the way across America. It's going to be exact in a lot of different places. And here it is the land of the free home of the brave. That's Aries. So there is something about a need again to activate, to punch it. Freedom isn't necessarily always free. Something that we may have to fight for. 
And in what that looks like, I don't think any of us really fully know yet, but I feel like if we're channeling that fire, Aries is fire, the dragon is fire, all the Mercury retrogrades are going to be in fire. So remember during the retrograde cycles, we're questioning how we're functioning. Are we functioning at our highest level? Are we really contributing to this new paradigm? How effective are we at activating? Because that's what fire is. Fire activates. It brings things into form. Are we activated or are we apathetic? And we still have Saturn in Pisces. That's the other big outer planet that started in 2023 into the new sign. And and we're going to be through the whole year in Pisces. Saturn is our 3D reality. Pisces is sort of the last sign of the Zodiac, which is wanting us to spiritualize it in the highest realm because it's the mystical sign, but it also is saying everything you've known before is dissolving. We are going into unprecedented waters and there's really nothing to hold on to except for our internal channel, our internal connection to source. And so there's going to be a lot of people that are really possibly going to check out, possibly going to just be the ones that are just going to let it go by and they're going to maybe anesthetize themselves in some way. So we're going to see more of that as well. So that's why I really feel like this calling all spiritual warriors is the theme as we Go through, it's sort of like, I think a lot of us feel like in, in the highest realm, the battle's already won. We already know the outcome. We already know because we can trust, we could understand what Aquarius is. It's about us coming into unity consciousness. It's about us returning to communal living, not necessarily all in little pods, but working together as an organism. But we have to go through this last passage of the terrain, which is possibly the most brutal. I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat that. Yes. I mean, in in just conclusion of her question, there's no coincidence that history has it, that Texas is a place that has fought for their freedom before, that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to continue to want to come here because there's a lot of people with that same fighting spirit. Well, yeah. So this last year, I started the movement for the New Republic of Texas. Or they're actually the Republic of New Texas. So that we we're ready to secede. I'm okay with saying that. I'm an astrologer. I can do that. So anyone want to join our cause? We want freedom, and it's going to be a spiritual state of being. So let's get you together. You created yeah. a beautiful flag. Let's and- dream. Let's dream. You know. So, but we have to fight for it. And I want to say one more thing about this: we have to fight for it because we've been through an example of this communal living idea gone wrong, and this is what's being proposed to us now. This is what happened in China that they want to say, oh, come live in a communal farm. Let's do all these things. Let's experiment with you and you'll subsist uh, according to us and live according to what we give you and say what we tell you to say and think what we tell you to think. If you get too communal and you don't fight for it and you don't form your own central authorities, someone else will fill that void for you and they are ready to do it. That's the thing. This is if you want your freedom, start forming your freedom cells now. We have one where we are. Take initiative. Get out there and punch it. Do what you got to do and make it happen. Make something sustainable happen because that's what they fear the most. People do not understand that if you look back in history, it's all written about how they can control you and you becoming less free and less able to sustain yourselves all the way, all through history, particularly in this country. Anytime we would get a step ahead, they would knock us back because they had the power to do it. And now they're at a point where they know that they, 
And I just mean those who are in control from the, from the old authority, the old regime who doesn't want to let go. They know all the tricks and they are playing them upon us. So anyway, just be aware of that. We, we are tapping into higher consciousness the same way that they have done with the darkness. We are now able to do more so with the light. It's coming back on. We need to use these forces. We need to become our own superheroes. We need to form our own associations and Avengers and our leagues of heroes to go out and stop waiting to be saved by others. We need to be the heroes and save ourselves. So that's part of what this massive change is really about. It's like taking on your own new authority so you can become free. And, and I want to just sort of emphasize one thing that he pointed to, language is limiting. So when he says they, or when we say they, we don't want anybody to misunderstand that we're not being divisive. We're actually coming out of the 2000 years of polarity, duality of the Pisces age. But because language is limiting, what we really mean when we say they is it's just the faction of the one mind playing a role in the contrasting energy to ensure our accelerated forward movement. Because if we're asleep, we need to be woken up. So what wakes us up? Fear, scarcity, war, suffering. So this is this trick of the one mind to give us the contrasting energy, the enantodromia. I'm sure you've heard me say that word before that Carl Jung talked about, that rubber band pulling back so far the opposite direction that when it pops, we take a quantum leap into the future because we are lazy as a species. We've been compliant. We've been a complacent because the program has been that we're powerless and we waited for the, the marching orders from outside told what to do by the doctors, by the priests, by the educators. And so this is what true freedom is. Freedom is unhooking from the matrix. Freedom is remembering that we're not powerless. We're all powerful. We're, we're one with infinite source and we have to activate. Now we have to be in action. So I think to think of it like we're playing chess with the devil. It's just God and the devil playing chess and we want to win. Don't think of it as us versus them or anything negative like that. Before we dissolve in, into total nothingness, we want to make that last move and know that somehow we achieved that one step above darkness because that's what Godhead really is. It, it's just that one micro level above the darkness. Really, that's what it is. So if you can think in those terms, we're just playing chess with the devil. There's no one outside of us, really. And we are the devil as well. So I was going to say uh, that part. <laughs> yeah, and we're the devil as well. So in, in the end, we got to have some fun in this reality, but let's not take it too serious. I, I love Isaac Asimov and he wrote in Foundations. We just used this the other day. The Harry Seldon character. The moment you forget that you're playing a part, you've lost. That's a quote from in the book. And it's like, yeah, it, it's the moment we forget that we're playing any role of any kind, we've lost the game. And I, I still want to beat the devil. So, Well, and so you guys have a big eclipse event here in Texas. So people who want to be a part of focusing our energy and coming together and utilizing that powerful, auspicious time in a positive way to contribute to this sh the shift. Can you tell us a little bit about that event? Absolutely. So just a little eclipse review in evolutionary understanding. Eclipses are the big turning points. They happen twice a year, and it's when we get to take these quantum leaps. Whatever is in the field energetically will become amplified and accelerated. So if we look back into this recent eclipse season, when we had in the fall, October, November, in the axis of war and peace, 
we had the war in Israel break out, right? And so here we have this next eclipse season coming and literally in our backyard and spirit said, you have to bring into the portal the counterbalancing energy that Libra scales, which is peace and unity and love. So we are creating a four day symposium and we're calling a symposium and revival. And it's called Total Eclipse of the Heart, Calling All Spiritual Warriors. And we're going to work on a frequency level. So basically raising the vibration to places of joy and peace through starting at sunrise, sunrise yoga, chanting. We're going to have high frequency food. Then we're going to have like salon style discussions and lectures by masters. We have a Tibetan monk that's coming. That's also an artist. It's from the Netherlands. yeah. And that he's going to be doing live Tonka painting and a sand mandala ritual during the eclipse. In the evenings, we will dance, we will sing, and we will celebrate. And then on the actual, the climax, which is the Monday, the actual eclipse, it will be a day of ceremony and we will be very focused and bringing the energy forth from our collective heart after working all weekend on raising that frequency. And we'll be sending that out into the collective. Yeah. So come join us for the full four days. If you can make it happen, please do so. If not, come for the ceremony day and come spend at least all day, take Monday off and come be with your tribe. Yeah. There's cabins for about a hundred people. And then there's camping Camping. for another, who knows how many, another hundred or more. Awesome. That's going to be an amazing event. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Where where can they sign up? Where do they go to yeah, so it, it will probably be better to give you the link, but Russell can tell you the uh, actual It's web- 2024, the number, 20, the year, and dash total dash heart dash eclipse.com. So. Perfect. Are there other big things coming up that we want to pay attention to? Oh, yeah, ra- around the same time as the eclipse. So it's good segues. Yeah. So really, April is the biggest month because yeah. that's when the big eclipse is. But just a couple of weeks after that, is maybe what astrologers are saying, the biggest uh, alignment of the entire year is going to be the conjunction of Jupiter and Uranus. So Uranus is the modern ruler of Aquarius. So we've talked about Uranus. It's the lightning bolt of change in the hands of destiny. It's all about awakening and upgrades and progress and liberation and freedom. And it's an air science of the highest mind and is going to come into direct conjunction with Jupiter, which is the largest planet. It bring it, Basically, we always know that Jupiter expands whatever it comes into contact with. So this alignment of the two can bring these really expansive breakthroughs. It can basically have unexpected turn of events. It can have activation of our higher chakras. It can have to do with ascension acceleration. It can have to do with opportunities coming from nowhere. It's going to be at 21 degrees Taurus, Taurus is, well, for one thing, it has to do with the earth. It has to do with all of our resources. So there's an economic component to it. It could be some new technologies coming through as far as the economy. It also, I'm not going to be naive that it's only going to be like all strawberries and rainbows or something. Also, we know there's a spectrum of light and shadow. It could be explosive things on the planet. It could be storms. It could be something to do with the destruction and the wars. It is like, again, these are the two timelines I keep talking about. Even if it was something really devastating and traumatic, 
some people are going to be having these moments in their life that they've been waiting for, these breakthroughs. And so you'll want to know where 21 degrees Taurus is in your chart to know where the action is. And you mentioned a couple of things there that was just key in about uh, how this has played out in history before. So if you look back 84 years when Uranus and Jupiter tend to meet around the same place with the final degrees in Taurus, which was in the May of 1941, approximately 83 years ago. So as, uh, during that year period, uh, you saw the heightened escalation that began just before we entered the war. The United States took a role in the war in Europe that would began a few years before. Another conjunction of the two you saw happen during the cultural explosion and change during the 60s. 1969, this occurred. You had the moon landing, Woodstock. This was basically the peak of the counterculture, really. That was shifting from also shifting at the same time you saw we were leaving an Earth sign with Pluto. If you go take it step up, we have a similar echo happening where we're now leaving an Earth sign. Pluto was moving from Virgo into Libra at the time. We're all probably, or you and I are born under Virgo-Libra energy at that time. So there was a massive change in culture that happened. And we're going to see that happen again as we make these, again, these elemental shifts that, that are happening that are a big theme this year. So. Yeah, so we will still be in the eclipse portal. So basically from March through April, we'll be in this time of massive shifts, you know. And so that's something that I would just anticipate and want to know. We want to know where the eclipses fall in your chart. You'll also want to know where this conjunction falls in your chart. And from there in May, Jupiter is going to speed up a little bit and leave Taurus and move into Gemini. So Jupiter has a 12-year orbit. And so it spends about a year in each sign. And Jupiter, again, is all about expansion, and it has to do with a new vision. So whenever it enters a sign, all of those qualities are going to be pertaining to that particular sign. And Gemini is an air sign. It is about information and data and has to do with a lot of ideas and has to do with language. And so again, with Pluto going into an air sign, this is going to also emphasize the speeding up of information for people who are like maybe writing a book or teaching a class or wanting to get information out there. This is a really, really powerful uh, switch of energy that's going to be favorable for that. And also we have to think about, well, Jupiter is expanding wherever it goes. You, that's the positive. Well, some of the shadow would be Gemini is the twins. It's duality, it's separation, it's divisiveness. So it also could perpetuate more of that. On an individual level, Jupiter in Gemini really tends to be the ultimate contrarian. And if you say black, it'll say white, it doesn't matter. There wants to be an art, you know, there's a polarizing force that's gonna be expanded with that. And being mental, you become your own worst enemy sometimes. So it's going to do some more expanding and fracturing of the mind. So just be ready for that. You've got to ground yourself when this begins to happen. It's not going to be great for practicality. So I, I looked at this uh, today and I was thinking, what does this say to me? It's great with ideas, but not so great with execution. You know, So make sure you're preparing to give something a foundation so that you can be practical with these things and don't get crazy with it. I, I want to give a real example of this on a global scale. So individually think of it that way. But this played out in the 1960s when China took its great leap forward in 1960-61. They saw that what happened after the end of the war, that their population was exploding. They were converting from capitalism into communism, and they did as quickly as they could to, to change it in how they uh, fed the people. But unfortunately, it was 
it was uh, subject to a lot of the issues we see with communism. It's inefficient. It, they hadn't worked out the bugs yet. Well, because of that lack of execution during that period, they estimate that 20 to 40 million Chinese died simply because they were overworked and underfed. Literally, they had not, not enough food and they couldn't even produce enough. They kept them working 18 hours a day and they still couldn't produce enough food. So they had to rethink how to move forward at the loss of lives. So just don't rely on anyone else. This is where sovereignty and freedom also come in play. Make sure you're standing by this and fighting for these as the larger themes, because you know, we have to execute as well as just not dream these ideas. We have to be able to make them practical and execute them. Yeah, there could be. I mean, I'm just looking at some other things going on at that same time of the ingress. Mars is going to be conjunct with the North Node. And this really amplifies the Mars energies, which again is violence. And so this divicity, Jupiter amplifying the divicity with Mar Mars on the node saying this is really something karmic about amplifying intense destructive energy is quite dangerous actually and on the october 7th attack in israel mars was on the south node so it's interesting that it's going to be on the north node around that time so this is where i feel like our, our greatest power that we have is to be working on the energetic vibrational frequency level in the way that when we start, talk about these timelines shifting it's fear and love right it's are we victim to a circumstance that's bigger than us outside of ourselves that we're being controlled by? Or are we co-creating the new world? Because you can even be someone that's on the conscious path and awake, but if you're putting too much focus on the perpetrator and what's being done to us, you're playing a part in their story. So really our greatest medicine right now is to be in action from a place of love and forgiveness. And that's really our intent that what we're going to be doing at our event is really amplifying that energy that yes, there is this contrasting, this really intense force that's going on in the planet, but we understand that it's part of the alchemy. And so focusing on that with anything but compassion and anything but light is not actually helpful. So that's really going to be how we're going to be work. But I invite everybody to see how they can work on that, because the more we get caught up in the storyline of whether it's politics on that level or whether it's the dark agenda and the cabal on the other level, the more that we're actually diverting our attention to be a part of someone else's story. And so this punch it, this like activation, this sort of fire, this sort of like getting into action has to do with being the creators that we are. We are the divine incarnate. And so it's no longer about sitting on the sidelines. It's about executing our capacity, which is to tap into the higher timelines and then to weave the new patterns on the planet. Yeah. So don't be a victim, be a victor. And you can start ahead of time. Use the planets, work with the forces, Jupiter and Taurus. So take that and plant yourself a victory garden. If you want freedom and you want sovereignty, you've got to own it. you got to grow it. you got to do that. So when we move into the, the more difficult times, you have that understanding of how to work with the earth. You have new knowledge. You can take that forward. You can grow the, ne the next garden. You can utilize that practically and not be sucked into the vortex of people who are going to be scrambling. Hey, I don't know how to do anything for myself. I can't be free. I'm not able to be sovereign because that's what the, we're talking about. Who is actually going to put it into form? 
Who's going to make it happen? And we still have time to do that. Don't just do it just for yourself. Get a group of people together. Make yourself a victory garden like they did during the war. We, we may have to come to that. And it's just going to be practical for everyone to be. If you want to be, have freedom, you want sustainability, step in and start taking roles that make our lives head in that direction. That reminds me when we're talking about the gardens. Tiana, have you seen that that Facebook meme that's going around and it says, what do you expect it's going to happen in 2024. Things are so chaotic. What do you see coming? And the person responds and says, flowers, because I'm planting flowers. And so really it's that simple. Yeah. I haven't seen that, but I love that. Yeah. Wow. You guys always have a nice balanced approach of being willing to look at the ugly and comfortable challenging things, but also how do we stay empowered in that and move forward? So- Thank you. Yeah, that's really walking that fine line, that duality, that balance. I think that's the master's level we're all being called to do, not sticking our head in the sand and not wanting to pretend like everything's just going to stay the same and keep our own backyard comfortable, but also not tipping over into fear and division and paranoia. Well, we like to think, Shannon and I say this all the time, we've already won this. What, what, what's about to happen? We know that we've, we've achieved that. Our light consciousness is connected to the future. It's just now it has to play out in the slow you know, 3D, 4D reality. We, we have to play it out. But, but something within us is, con- is already aware. It's been sparked in our consciousness. We are a part of the future. You wouldn't be listening to this right now. You wouldn't be participating in this level of conscious conversation if you weren't. So just remember that. We've won. Now let it play out. But don't just sit by take an active role in, in its playing out. That, and, that re, That's required by consciousness itself. And really for Russell and I, it has almost everything to do with celebration. It has to do with, yeah. I mean, Tiana knows, we but, dance, we sing. Here. All of our events have dancing and singing because that's how we work to amplify the vibration. And that's the thing that's going to speed this whole process. Yeah, up. just build joy bombs with your heart. If you think of it that way, if you're going to build a spiritual warrior, be a spiritual warrior, you know? Yeah, I was just thinking about how since you've been coming on for, gosh, now we're in 2024, we're going to be moving into what, four or five years or something. And I remember in 2020, or maybe the beginning of 2021. Yeah, so are we through this now? And you guys just go like, oh, we haven't even entered the birth canal yet. <laughs> just, but yeah. but it's going by so fast, you know. You know? It's, it's on the butt for a while, I hate to tell you. There's no <laughs> <laughs> I think that things are, are shifting so fast. At, at first, if you look back at the big shock of 2020, but I think now people are just realizing we have to adapt, we have to go with it. And like you said, like we came here in this time period in this life to be a part of this. And I think people are really stepping into that and embracing that. Yes, I think that it, the consciousness is raising dramatically yeah. on the planet. It's really happening quickly. The villains are revealing their masks, and then that requires us to step up and gain our superhero powers and to create this, whatever it is we're going to create next. So this is the great revealing. Think of it that way. We get to reveal what we are within ourselves, and because the darkness is being revealed as well. And we can create with our minds and with our hearts. We just have to believe it. So let's do it. Punch it. yeah i feel like that's a lot gosh i mean it's all gonna come really quickly by the time this episode comes out it'll be just a couple days before pluto moves into aquarius and it's gonna be like boom 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 so so happy that we had you guys come in before that just to kind of give us a heads up because your heads up always really really helped me i just i want to yeah i want to be aware 
And then it makes it so much easier just to be able to adapt again in, in the moment. Astrology is amazing yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah, keep, it, keep looking to the stars. Yeah. It really is. And I've known Shannon since 2015. And in those, gosh, now it's going to be nine years. I just keep being wowed by astrology and going in deeper because it's just so amazing how helpful it is and how accurate it is if you are paying attention. Well, it's also a sacred path. I mean, every religion, we're doing a lot with religion. We'll promote our school. We also have Astrum right now. We have our sacred codes course. We just dropped our first free lessons on Christmas. So all the religions at their very core are based in astrological precepts and the stars, the heavens, every one of them, particularly the Christian faith. People don't understand that, but it's all astrological. Yeah. Russell was interviewed on Astrology Hub with Amanda Poole Walsh, the founder on Christmas Day, and had over 8,000 views, 150 comments that he just completely blew them out of the water because it's an intersection of religion, astrology, metaphysics, history, myth, science, math. I mean, it's like a synthesis of lifetimes of work, really. And it was really to elicit interest in, we have launched our school. Uh, this is something we've been working on. That's a big part of the purpose of our union. Astrum is the name of our school. Astra is a weapon from heaven to dispel ignorance. And there's an M on the end to make it feminine. And we have our first course live. It's called the Sacred Codes. And the first lesson is free. So maybe yep. we can share the link. I think it's, it's astram.org, A-S-T-R-A-M.org. Yeah. So if you catch that episode, I talked a few circles, but I think the point got across that there is something underlying the stories. It's not just some kind of uh, religious control mechanism. People get caught up in that idea. Christianity is here to control the boat. Yes. Yeah. It, it is part of it. Yes. I hate to tell you that, but there's another level. There's always another level. And it tells a story about consciousness going through the ancient world and having to be reawakened. It underlies, uh, it is underlying code that reveals all the structures of what we're seeing happen now. That's what makes it sacred. But you, it takes a very keen eye and understanding to be able to read it and to see what's going on on the world stage and how it relates to even the inner processes of our own body, what is inside and is outside. The processes happening within you are echoed in a purification process we see happening on the hologram outside of us. So it is something that you should really think about and not separate yourself from the idea that religion may be some way toxic or bad for you. If you look at it with new eyes, it will reveal new things as a living force to you. So. And that's what the Purusha is, is that it's the one mind, all of the different systems coming together. And so that's really what we're here to teach. And the one mind's not evil. One mind, it just is. And, and the world has gone through phases where it divided and taken these aspects and made it what we think of as good and bad. And now it's putting it back together and we will, it being revealed to us that it is, there is no such thing really as evil. The universe, the cosmic structure is divine. And I'm not just looking at it with rose-colored glasses. We've got boots on the ground, hard work to do here in the physical form as you know, part of being spiritual warriors. But there is a purpose to it all. We need to remember that. Wonderful. So we'll put links for your school and for the event and for the episode, which I did listen to, which was really great, where you were on Astrology Hub podcast as well. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah. Love being here with you. Appreciate you so much for the thanks, work Tim. you're doing thanks, in the Tom. world. Yeah. Any other websites that you want to share with our listeners to connect with you? 
Well, yes, I have a full-time private practice. So for your own in-depth soul blueprint reading, you can go to shannonleegill.com and it's L-E-I, Shannon, L-E-I, Gill, G-I-L-L. Perfect. Just find me at astrum.org. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Shannon and Russ for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing their gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to find out more about them, you can go to shannonleegill.com and Lee is spelled L-E-I. And if you want to find out more about what else they have going on, you can go to astrum.org and that's spelled A-S-T-R-A-M.org. Thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible, produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser, music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And please remember to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. Thanks again and take care.